Hello, welcome to the Being Whole podcast. I am not Dr. Cassandra LeClaire. In fact, I am Katrina. I am the podcast manager and producer for Dr. Cassandra LeClaire. And today she has asked me to interview her about a huge change that she has recently made in her life. And not only how she felt leading up to the decision, but also how she feels after making the decision. Um, And it's kind of a big announcement. Like, it's a really big moment for her. And I'm just so honored that I get to do this for her and share the news with you. Without further ado, let's dive into this episode with Cassandra. (laughs) What is something that you do to shift your day? Like, if you're having a rough day. Okay. What is something I do if, to shift my day if I'm having a rough day? Okay. I do dance it out. So, but when you ask, like people ask, like, well, what do you dance to? It's always the most random songs. So I just like to hear music and just kind of like shake my body a little bit and get rid mm-hmm. of some things. Um, so that's one thing that I do. Another thing that I think is really helpful is if you're able to just step outside for a minute, you know, if you feel overwhelmed, like that is helpful to me, but obviously that's not always possible. So sometimes it's really just like taking a deep breath, trying to recenter myself. Um, that's really, for me, a lot of times when it's overwhelmed, it's physical overwhelm in addition to emotional overwhelm. So it's really recognizing that that's what's happening for me. And that's why Um, I think that the dancing does help because it's also just kind of releasing some of like the tension that's going on inside. Yeah. And how does your teenage son react when you decide to dance it out? Does he dance with you? (laughs) No, like, no. In fact, um, this is why a lot of times I go drive and dance in my car or like drive. um, And like, you know, you see me sitting at stoplights and dancing or all I've been known to sit in the garage with my um, music blaring and I got in trouble from Kellen like a few years ago because my trap music was shaking the house. I had it on too loud. (laughs) He was like, who are you? Kellen is non-participatory in that event. (laughs) One day he will appreciate it. I'm sure. So I have to say, um, I feel like your energy is like next level. Um, Do you feel like this is true for you? Yeah. I mean, I think that the last like, you know, several months I've just been kind of like building up and building up and building up. And all of a sudden I feel like I'm this like sparkly little butterfly emerging from this cocoon. So yeah, definitely emerging into and stepping into new spaces that has me kind of feeling a lot different. Mm. It's so good. I, I can always tell when we get on Zoom and I'm like, Oh, but this time I'm like, yes, I'm here for this. <laughs> yeah, so like it's weird, but I feel like my eyes even look sparkly. Like yeah. I know that sounds a little weird, but like I feel like I have a sparkle in my eye. And like when I walk, even I'm like, oh, I feel like springier. Yeah. Like, it, and it's so funny because people who have seen me, like people are asking me, like, oh, have you lost weight? Are you like, you know, what happened? Did you get a facial? I'm like, no, I'm just being awesome. <laughs> magical being okay yeah it's like the lego movie you know with that song everything is awesome I'm like walking around like that right now it feels real good (laughs) I feel like that's quite a big change though from like six to eight months ago for you like how were you feeling every day back then well, I mean, I think like, honestly, if I look back at the year of 2021, it was a harder year for me than 2020. And I don't know if a lot of other people experienced that, you know, maybe in 2020 things were like, oh my gosh, this is the pandemic and now our lives are up- upended. And then by 2021, you know, 
it's like it seemed like things we should have things figured out and for whatever reason that was a big shift space for me I felt like a lot of transition so in that transitional space you know there was also a lot going on my daughter was a senior in high school so there was constant thinking about the future and what she was going to do and even working at a university you're always future thinking you know you're always planning for your course you plan it out the whole semester or you know we know what we're supposed to teach like years in advance almost kind of thing so it had me constantly just like you know what's the next step what's the next step and i've always known that that's kind of like a mindset thing for me but what that was doing for me then with my business you know because i also in addition to being a professor i do speaking and workshops and online courses and so what it was doing for me is almost creating this like sense of urgency too of like okay what's next what am i going to do it's the next step i can feel it i'm supposed to be moving forward mm -hmm. And I was feeling stuck. I was feeling that need so much that want to do it. It was like that place in me was even more awakened. You know, when Alex, I think was like thinking about her next steps, it got me even more invigorated to be like, yeah, what are my next steps in a different way? And I think it kind of broke open some areas that I really needed to push through in terms of, you know, recognizing why I felt stuck. Mm -hmm. Um, I love that. And I, I honestly think that 2021 was really like, a things are going back to normal, but I'm not comfortable with that because I don't like how I was previously. So like, I'm ready to mold into something new, which was hard. Well, and what I really realized, you know, I'm not all my listeners know, not everyone knows my complete story, but you know, my job at Texas state has shifted a lot over the years because before I got sick, I was on a 10 year track line and then I had several years off. And when I came back, I was, I'm in a different role. And the role that I currently occupy there is, it's not, it's, there's not a lot of room for professional expansion and growth in terms of, you know, moving up the ladder and things like that. And even financial compensation. And what I realized of being home, especially I think, you know, when I was teaching online that year, is it really made me realize like how I love facilitating my students' growth. Like that is like why I love them so much. Seeing their growth in the ways that they transform in the semester, every semester is like the greatest feeling for me. And I get to do that work alongside with them. You know, I'm always doing their journals and I'm, I'm doing that work beside them. But I noticed then as they're like, you know, planning their next steps too, you know, just like Alex was, like I'm seeing them go and reach all these things and achieve these things. And over the years, they have been my biggest champions. You know, they're the ones who are like, LeClaire, why don't you do a TED Talk? Hey, LeClaire, why don't you write a book? <laughs> you said they've been pushing me. And what I realized is, is that I, I love that. I want that. And so I kept trying to find that in different ways. And that's kind of why I pushed so hard in my business to really open up this new space. But what happened then is I would feel that in certain areas. And then I would come back to work at some ways in Texas State and not feel that and feel stuck or feel like, oh my gosh, yes, I'm opening up these spaces for my students, but where are these spaces for me? And like, where do I feel valued or where do I get to grow now? And what I realized in 2021, you know, and I, I had had these thoughts before. It's not like it just came about in 2021. And that's what I really want to say. Like I had had these growing thoughts. It just kind of became clearer to me that I wanted to be in spaces where I could grow more easily without feeling like I was trying to just continually search for something that I was never going to get, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so 
what did you do differently to spark your excitement in 2021 that maybe was like, okay, I can feel the ball moving. I feel like I'm making forward movement. Was there anything in particular? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I was really proactive about it. You know, I, this is what I think is really important in any situation. If you're feeling like, you know, unrest or if you're feeling like stuck or stressed out or whatever, like, you know, sit with that, of course, for as long as you need to, to kind of let yourself understand what's going on or seek help with that. But then for me, it was really like a, okay, but I don't want to be in this place anymore. And I do journal a lot. You know, I keep a lot of notes for myself or I'm looking back for things. And so I can't kept coming across notes I'd written in my phone from, you know, like three or four years ago, saying the same kinds of things that I was feeling. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. So this isn't just like a pandemic unrest. This is like actually my attitude. <laughs> I was yeah. like, oh shit. Okay. I got, I got to look at that a little bit. And, and so what I did then was I tried to shift that. I was like, okay, you know, if I feel this, I'm going to find different ways that I can grow there. And so I kind of like dug back into like, you know, different groups and organizations. I made a bunch of different friends across campus again. I dug into, um, you know, just a different program at Texas State. And so I really wanted to try to open up different spaces for myself to see what that felt like. And the cool thing that happened for me is I, I did, I made a bunch of connections and met a bunch of new friends and really, really also helped me see the different ways that I can utilize and capitalize on all of my talents and gifts even if my role is no longer at Texas State or no longer in that classroom in that way. And so what I really did over the last year is ask myself some hard questions, you know, like, what do you like? Where, you know, how often are you complaining about your job versus how much do you like it? And what are you going to do about it? And this is something where, you know, this is what I do with my coaching clients. So I really had to do it on myself. It's like the want to versus the willing to, you know, or this is what I say I want, but what am I willing to do about it? You know, and it became this space where I could feel it in meetings or I could feel different places. Like the space I feel alive is in the classroom with my students, but like every place else I was getting frustrated and I was getting angry. And then I'm becoming like the toxic person somehow because I'm pissed, you know? And, and so like really being honest with myself about like, okay, what is that? And, and what can you do to change that? Mm. And I think that the hardest part is like listening to the answer because so much of us whine and complain. And then it's like, yeah, but like there's more work to do instead of just, you know, saying, I don't like this. I don't like that. It's like being open to receiving the answers. Yeah. And I, I mean, I really started to also pay attention to the ways that other people were talking about things too. And it's like so often, unfortunately, right now in education, it is a really draining space. You know, it's people talking about how burnt out they are, you know, and then I step into this other space where I'm getting to create and be and enjoy this process of other people who are like dreaming, getting excited. And so I really was feeling like a difference and shift. And, you know, that's not fair. That's not like a, oh, you know, this is happening and that's why academia is terrible. It's definitely a symbol of like what has been happening to educators, like, you know, with the burnout and just feeling like you have increased pressure with fewer resources, you know, all of a sudden the emotional labor for a lot of people, you know, the emotional labor in my job has always been a little bit different because I teach classes about emotions and I, you know, we do journals, but for a lot of people in education, they had to take on more 
you know, that educational labor and caring for their students than they've ever had to before. And it is exhausting and draining, especially if you're not used to that. So I think like I really noticed a shift in um, the ways that people were even like excited to be places and things like that. And, you know, that wasn't like a big reason for me to leave or anything like that, but it really was something too, where it's like, okay, you know, can I change this system? Can I, what can I change? And there were a lot of things that, you know, I just didn't feel I could change or that I have like, a, I have more control or more ability to change things in other areas for myself, I guess. Yeah, that's so good. Um, would you say that your yearning to grow in other spaces helped you push through the mundane frustration every day? I think like that having this other passion, having this other thing, definitely. And I mean, the cool thing for me is what allowed me to realize that I had that other passion is that is my job at Texas state, you know, like the part of my, you can, you can see it when I start talking about it. Right my students like stepping into that classroom being there with them teaching my content is like i all day every day you know it's it's my favorite space so like recognizing then like okay i can take this space that i love there and i can do this elsewhere without some of these other frustrations that are maybe creeping in or without some of this other you know financial stress that i feel because that's the other thing you know it's like People don't want to talk about money or it gets weird to talk about money. And I'm tired of that. You know, it's like any other topic. It, those conversations don't get easier because we ignore them. So pretending we don't have to have conversations about financial literacy or your bank account or debt or what salary you should be paid or equality or whatever. I mean, like that's complete bullshit. We need to have those conversations. So a big part of this stress and strain and me wanting more for myself was also wanting financial growth. And it took me a really long time to be able to say that and admit that because I felt icky saying I wanted more money, especially when I think like one of the favorite things people in education do is like, then it's like, oh, but your students love you or you're so helpful. So then it's like, you almost feel like icky for wanting more money. It's like, oh, you're right. And, it, and then finally I had to get to this point where it's like, yeah, but they love me because I'm good at my job. And I deserve to be compensated for that. This isn't just some like service I provide. And so it was really even like understanding that it was okay for me to talk about money. It was okay for me to ask for more. It was okay for me to be like, this is not okay what you're paying me or, or whatever it is. And that, you know, you can, I don't know how much attention people can pay to my voice, but I can feel my voice getting shaky. I can feel my heart rate going up even when I say those things because it was such an uncomfortable space for me to like really even go in and ask for more money or to try to fight that or then be willing to walk away from stable income because I feel like I value myself in a different way or I want something more for myself. Yes, so much yes. And you feel like it's totally different for women educators than men, correct? I do. I mean, I think that unfortunately, you know, and this comes from a lot of me teaching gender communication and everything too. So I hope people can understand that this isn't just, you know, random opinions. I'm always spouting off either. I've researched this and I've looked into it and I've taught classes on this. And, you know, one of the biggest problems with the pay gap, of course, too, starts at the very beginning. Like, women aren't necessarily taught how to negotiate, how to ask for more and how to be assertive in those conversations. And that's where, again, that comes back to learning how to talk about money, learning how to ask other people, hey, what do you make? 
that's not a dirty question. You know, it's like, if somebody doesn't want to tell you, or if the company doesn't want you to know, like, Hmm, okay, let's look at that then. Yeah. And don't be mad at the other person. Cause they make more than you. They didn't, you know, like if somebody makes more than me, like good for them. Like if, if my boss is going to offer me more money, I'm going to take it too. Right. Yeah. But then instead really understanding the structures and the systems of like, why is that? Or is this a problem across the board? Or is this something that comes up in other areas? And for me too, it was, you know, the money of recognizing that it's okay to be in a helping profession because that's what teaching and education is and to still feel like you deserve to be valued and compensated in a different way. Mm. You know, and I, again, I talk to educators and everybody is so, we get weird talking about money because it's almost like you're conditioned to feel like you should just be so, but your schedule or, but this, and like, you should just be so grateful. And for me, especially, you know, being a single mom, the pressures of trying to, you know, raise two kids or what have you on whatever salary and constantly thinking about it, that was energetically draining. You know, so again, back to, you know, you asked like what needed to make some of these shifts. It's like really asking myself, okay, you spend a lot of time thinking about this. You spend a lot of times being frustrated about this. So that so much so that you think about getting another job or you do have another job. So the reality of it is, is like, I'm a very educated and well-credentialed person and there are a million other jobs that I can do, right? So if I'm going to complain about this and I'm going to say this is an issue, but I'm going to stay in it, you know, again, being honest with myself, that's a choice. Mm -hmm. And so leaving means a different schedule. Leaving means a different, you know, whatever, but like really being honest with myself of, okay, but what choice are you going to make? Yeah. So hard. So taking all that into consideration, how you were before, how you're feeling before, how are you feeling now and why? Um, okay. So yeah, I guess you kind of like danced all around a bunch of different things that kind of really didn't answer all your questions properly. Katrina. You're good. No, you're so, good. Sorry. Um, so yeah, the big shift, I guess, for me, or the big like news or what's happened kind of in my life that a lot of people have been asking about is I did um, recently resign my position as a senior lecturer at Texas State University. And it's it won't effective at the end of the spring semester. And I right away, of course, told my students because that was the sad part. And um, I did that so I can step into my own business full time and I can devote that time and energy and attention. And since I've made that choice, like so many things have happened energetically for me, um, just even leading up to that decision, you know, when I finally was like, no, my business is my business. Prior to that, I'd kind of been like, it's my side hustle that maybe one day would take over and then I might leave my job. So like really when I made the decision of like, no, I'm leaving Texas State. Now this is my business. Even that like mindset shift of like, okay, so what does this business look like every day? What are the projections? You know, what, what, what is the schedule? What does this look like? So like that was the start of it. And then when I finally like, you know, made the call and went in and said the words, <laughs> uh, I didn't even realize the weight that I was carrying. I saw, actually saw somebody kind of higher up, much higher up than me at the university 
after I had resigned, I saw this individual and they right away were like, oh my gosh, you look different. And they could recognize it. And then I was able to talk with them even about like my new adventure and leaving the university. And I have to say like, that was even really cool to be able to like, hey, I went to my boss, quit, have this elated feeling of being like super overjoyed. I feel magical. But then I had to go right into this, another meeting with, you know, an administrator for all practical purposes. And she was so awesome to me in terms of just like really wanting what was best for me. And I'm saying that because that's what empowerment looks like to me. Mm. Empowerment to me is like, you go, like that was what was good for you. And that is the best choice for you. And we will miss you. And that is sad for us, but I'm happy for you. And, and that I think is something where I'm so excited because I know that that's what I do for my students. And to hear somebody do that for me, even though I was like, I'm like leaving, felt like really cool. Um, and the cool part about that then, honestly, is that that has been just the continued response. And why that feels so good is because I didn't need it. Yeah, I felt so good about it. This is one of the first decisions where after I made it, I called you, you know, there was no but. There was no, oh, but I'm worried about money. Oh, but I'm worried about this. It was just a, yep, this is what's happening. And I know this is my path. So then for everybody else afterward to just be like, yeah, that's a great choice. I mean, people literally are saying like, that's a great decision, Cassandra. You left a stable job with insurance and retirement benefits to go out into the unknown with no, with no stability. Great choice. Like right. that's how much of a difference. <laughs> Even my psychiatrist, I was like, hey, yo, I quit my job. So I'm not going to have insurance. We might need to figure that out. She was like, good. Like, <laughs> So I, I just, I feel different and everybody else around me obviously can feel it too. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't see you walk, but I can imagine that you do definitely have a pep in your step and like a zest to wake up every day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I honestly, it's fun. Cause I feel like, I think that's how I walk around campus. Like after I get out of class, you can always tell when I get out of class, like I literally feel like I glide across campus mm-hmm. and now I just feel like I'm gliding all the time. Oh my goodness like a magical unicorn or something. Yeah. <laughs> Fully embodying it. Um, <clears throat> so congratulations again. I mean, I've told you, but I'm just so proud of you for like how far you've come in the short amount of time I've known you. It's like only been a year. It's crazy. Um, but I've seen your mindset shift. I've seen you kind of tackle those inner thoughts and the inner rewiring um, like it's a piece of cake, even though it's really hard, but you're like, no, like I'm working through this and I am going to get to the other side of this. I know that there's a future for this path. And, um, I'm just, I'm inspired for sure. Well, Um, and I think that that's one thing that was kind of like, you know, understanding that I was working through those things. And then for the last like few years, people just saw me working really hard. You know, my friends were like, oh, you're working all the time. You're working really hard. And some people got it more than others. You know, some people understood like what I was trying to do or what I was working for. Other people got frustrated. And so even really being able to like go through that and understand why I was moving forward and not allow like what other people felt to like derail me you know, that was something that was like really important part of the process that as you know, too. Yeah. People pleasing is really hard, especially when I'm sure in an educator's role, it's like, everyone is looking for you as an example Mm -hmm. of like, 
pleasing everyone. That's well, hard. and like too, like what we talked about, you know, it's like I started to really realize how other people's fears come up when you make big decisions, you know, or like when you tell, like I started to recognize, you know, the number one thing people ask would say is like, oh yeah, but what about insurance? Or what are you going to do about retirement? Or, you know, oh, that's scary. And so I really started to listen to those narratives, you know, of like, oh, this is, this is other people's things. These are the things that other people are worried about. Do I really need to be worried about them? And I know I've told you this over and over, but like the question I just kept finally asking myself, you know, when that shift was happening is like, is this real? You know, like, is this real? Is this fear that I'm feeling real? And is, or is it something that I'm worried about that I can work through or, you know, what is the real obstacle here? And just even really being able to understand some of those things for myself in a different way was transformative. Mm. I love the example you're setting for all of us. So I'm amazed. What are you most excited about um, in this new chapter of being your own boss? Um, I think just that I do get to have more control you know the cool thing about academia is that I did have a lot of control over my classes and how I taught them and you you kind of are your own boss in a little way little bit of a way you're in your own container but there's still like just that again I, I wasn't sure like where I could grow and I'm excited for growth like it's cool to me that I can create these new classes and I get to decide what goes in them um, what I'm honestly most excited about, about my new classes or about the stuff I get to do is that I had incorporated a little bit in some of my classes at Texas State with uh, some of my outside trainings. You know, you also got to stay in your lane in the classes that you're teaching, right? Yeah. And now in my outside work, I get to really embody a lot of these other trainings that I've had and these other certifications, you know, so it's not me doing breath work and mindset training and some of those other things that mindfulness that I'm certified and qualified to do or talking about yoga poses, you know, those definitely, I would argue anyone who came up against me that they still had a place in all of my classroom teachings, but it's nice to, to just be able to incorporate those things in a different way. Um, I'm excited about that. And I'm just really also excited to create the light, continue to create the life I want to live. Mm. I'm excited to just, you know, not have to explain myself in different ways. And again, I'm very lucky. Academia is a lot different than many other prof professions. I did have a fairly flexible schedule. I was working online. You know, so this isn't to like vilify my previous space, but it's really about the mindset shift for me. It feels like somehow I am more control over all of these things, you know, and even the idea of like, oh, okay, yeah, so I'm going to have my class start this time. Maybe I don't want it to start in August. Maybe I want it to start or whatever. So it's stuff that just, again, it's, it's a lot about like me getting to choose how I want to grow as opposed to feeling like there aren't spaces for me to do so. And I even should, you know, put a caveat there spaces to do so where I'm going to be compensated for my time and energy. Yes. Which is very important. There were a lot of things I could have kept doing. And there were a lot of things over the last few years that I've stopped doing. You know, everybody, there's tons of service opportunities. There's always a club you can be in charge of. There's always something, right? And I did that for a really long time. And I love that space. I absolutely love it. But again, as I talked about the money piece, being burnt out and frustrated and stressed and resentful about money 
and then doing all of these extra things where you're not being compensated for is like not a really healthy space. (laughs) It's just breeds burnout and resentment for sure. A hundred percent. So my long-winded answer to your question is like, I'm excited that when I choose to do extra things, it's because I'm going to choose to for my growth or because I want to, or because, you know, it's, you know, something that's going to help me beneficially in whatever way, or because I just really want to help people as opposed to feeling like I'm chasing some carrot on a stick or, you know, moving up some rung on some imaginary ladder or getting some line on my Vita. And like, that was the other thing I really had to question with this, or, you know, I think comes up a lot in academia is ego, you know, like, it feels important. It feels important when I tell people like, oh, what do you do? I'm a professor. Like you can see people's face change, you know, they're like, oh, you know? And so even understanding like, okay, what about this is my ego? How much of my job is just that I feel good because I feel important, (laughs) you know, like, and being honest with yourself about that too. And I think like a lot of times too, we make situations okay because we're like a little puffed up about it or we feel good about it. So it's really recognizing like, okay, but why is that what felt good to you? Or do you really need that? Or is that actually what fuels you or what have you? And so I just started to realize that again, like, you know, back to everybody else's fears or the things people were asking me, people would tell me that that was a big fear, especially of other academics. Like, aren't you, you know, but being a professor and having the university behind you or all these resources as university, you should really hang on to that. And so that was a big fear of mine for, as you know, for like the whole last year, it's like, oh gosh, I should just keep my business on the side, stay here because it is prestigious and, you know, whatever. And so really recognizing that like, okay, but I'm still me with all my degrees and with all my education, with all my words, regardless of my title. So like, that is my ego then if I need it to be about my title. And I was very clear with myself, like, okay, well, then I don't need that. I don't need that. So yeah, just a lot of, a lot of mindset work, all of it. Yeah. And I think that the thing that I'm most excited for you is to see you be able to have the mental rest when you want it and when you need it. And let yourself really connect with that flow of creativity and inspiration where before it was like, I just have so much going on calendar wise, even it's like, there's so much I have to do every day, every week, every month that like, I don't have space to do the things I want to do more. Yeah. The coolest thing has been, you know, looking at my calendar now and knowing that there's like going to be blank spaces. There's, they're just like blank spaces. And for me, that's so huge. You know, before I had to make them, I always made the spaces, you know, it's like, here's when I'm going to go paddleboarding. Here's when I get to go for a walk or here's when I breathe, you know, yeah. <laughs> so I always made the spaces just like I preach. I do that. But for me as somebody to create something or to write or to really drop in, I need big chunks of time. That's what I prefer. And it's hard for me to get it. You know, that's why people always wonder, you know, I have a lot of people who get mad at me. They're like, Oh, why do not you invite me paddleboarding or why I would have went camping with you. It's like, I have to go do those things so I can get big chunks of time so I can drop in creatively so I can turn off my brain. So it's like, even now this last week, I actually did stuff with friends more because I felt like, okay, I'm still going to get to drop into all of these other spaces and see my friends. Well, that's cool (laughs) because before it almost felt like I had to choose, you know, and, and that's where, again, I'm really lucky that my friends understood what I was choosing. 
Like I'm not choosing work over you. I'm choosing building this dream right now. Thank you for loving me through this. Thank you for being here and understanding that this is what this looks like because there is another side to it. And Mm -hmm. so that's why it also feels good. And that's why it's so cool. Like all my friends too, they're like, yeah, because they've been waiting for this space, you know, to to have this space with me. (laughs) It's so beautiful to witness. So on that note, like what is something that you want to do more of or something that you want to try this, you know, next chapter that you haven't really embraced? I mix, you know, the, the mindset shift for me too, is just anytime I would work on my business, I would think about how I should be working on Texas state or anytime, you know, so it's just like the idea that I won't have to have that push and pull is really nice. Um, but also I'm just really, really looking forward to being able to breathe a little bit more in terms of looking at my own calendar. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like when I would look at my calendar, it would stress me out like every day and, and not because I was like choosing to fill it up or not because, but just because of the sheer volume of things that I would need to do every day. Mm -hmm. And so I still have a major list of things to do. I mean, being your own boss and, you know, building these things is not like, Oh, I'm just going to get to go hang out every day. But it's the idea then that, you know, some of the things and some of the structures and some of the timelines, again, I get to manage in a different way, I think like is really exciting to me. But beyond that, you know, you've already seen me do it, just really being able to feel okay with like, okay, yeah, absolutely. In the afternoons, this is this time where I always have this little dip. So I'm going to keep instead of, you know, I used to just take a little walk or take a lunch break. Now I'm going to use that dip. And that dip becomes my time for myself that then feeds into creative time. Because like what I realized more and more is like when I have too many things going on, and I think this is true for a lot of people, you can't always play with your brain patterns the Mm -hmm. way you want to. So this sounds really kind of weird, probably or silly, but I'm excited to play with my brain patterns, Katrina. I'm excited to like, like, you know, a lot of times if you don't want to do something, you start doing another task and then you bleed into that. When I have too much stuff on my calendar, I can't follow the natural flow of my own ADHD brain. (laughs) So like, I'm excited to just follow the flow of my brain (laughs) and to, you know, oh, this is what I need right now. I need to step away from the computer. Oh, this is what I need right now. So I'm going to go do this as opposed to like, oh God, I have to be on zoom for six hours today or whatever. Yeah. That doesn't sound, um, as inspiring, <laughs> Yeah, so. but I'm excited to like hear about the inner workings of your brain. Um, <laughs> it's weird to say, but it's true. Mm-hmm. So maybe do you have any words of advice for people that might be feeling like you did six, eight months ago, speaking from like the other side of the coin? I think that, you know, if we're thinking about like career shifts or maybe it's not even career shifts for people, maybe it's just a big jump, you know, for some people that might be a move, maybe it's a relationship shift, maybe it's a job, maybe it's becoming an entrepreneur or whatever it is for you, right? Is like, it's, it's always great to ask advice. Like I have always been a person who has solicited multiple opinions. Like that's just who I am, you know, like questioning, really taking in, thinking about it, but then it's also like recognizing where other people's voices 
end and yours begins or where you need to stop other people's voices or in recognize then like, okay, I have absorbed all of this information. I've taken all of these things into consideration, but where am I in it? And continually coming back to it because, you know, nobody else is in your bank account. Nobody else is in your head every day. Nobody else is, you know, living your life. So I, I think, unfortunately, what happens is that people, you know, myself included, it can feel like all of those other fears then are real, you know, and can feel like there is no escape and there is no way out. So like, for example, even the money thing, you know, that was a huge thing for me, as I've discussed, like I have huge financial triggers, some of that data, you know, it's back to my abuse. It's from childhood. It's deep. And I am in the scarcity model with money. I did have to cash out all of my retirement when I got sick to pay for medical bills. I've been on disability, you know, like I know what that's like. So when I thought about like the idea of not having a consistent stable paycheck necessarily all lined up, you know, like that just appears in my account with me not having to go call people to work for it, right? When I thought about like, you know, my retirement match being gone, like initially, yeah, that's terrifying. And then you talk to people and like, that's, that's the fear, right? But then I sat and again, I asked myself, I'm like, okay, but is this real? And the reality of it is, is I know how to make money. I've had a job out, my parents owned a business. And then I had a job outside of that since I've been 14. Like there are a million different things I know how to do. So like even understanding that the ability to make money, the energy behind that wasn't real. You know, so that's even something just like really getting clear on where your resistance coming up and then asking yourself like how to get through that. You know, what does that really look like? And what, what obstacles are you presenting and putting there? Because it is a fear versus what is actually real. So that was, that was huge for me. And it's something that now I just continue to do. Um, for me, it is the question, is this real? You know, maybe for you, it's a different question or a different way to get at it. But it, it was really helpful to, for me to sit and think about those things and to think about like, okay, but what would happen? What would I do? Oh, okay. Well, you know, I could sell this. I could do that. I could work. And then, I, you know, you realize there are actually all these solutions. Yeah. And there's so much support too. I feel like when you embrace people around you who really truly want to see you succeed and feel happy in life, then it's like, okay, I do have people lifting me. Right. Yeah. It's hard to do though. Well, and it's like the fear is sometimes it's other people's fear and it's sometimes their worry for you because they do care about you. You know, obviously a lot of my close friends and family, you know, they asked about the insurance for me because I do have an incurable disease, you know, like I actually have a chronic illness. I have 12 specialists. This is a real concern, you know, like, so it's really then, but for me again, understanding, okay, yep. I've been without insurance before. I've had Medicare. I've had different things. So what would this look like? What are the obstacles? How can I move around this? You know, what would this like, but not allowing that to be the end answer. Oh shit. I have this incurable disease. I have to stay at my job forever so I can keep these doctors. Like that's not real. Like it's just not. And so even understanding that for myself and really just being, again, being transparent than with other people and being like, I appreciate your concern or I understand it or telling them like that. I'm sorry, that's not true for me, you know, or whatever it was or nodding and smiling, you know, or in <laughs> Texas, we say, bless your heart, <laughs> you know, or whatever it is, but like really understanding that I only need to subscribe to my own narrative and I'm in control of that. Mm-hmm. 
Well, any final thoughts that you want to say for this episode? Um, I think I'm just really excited for the next chapter and I'm so thankful to everyone who has been here for me as I've kind of transitioned, you know, the last few years, writing my book, doing the TEDx talk at Texas State and really understanding to, you know, what, what I want to do. And I want to keep having students and inspiring them. And I'm just going to have students in a different way on a different, in a different platform. And I think that, you know, anyone who's kind of questioning any kind of shift is, again, really look at what that would do for you and look at what that means for you. And for me, I was thinking about it every single day and I had been for years. So if anything, now that the decision has been made, I have freed up so much energetic space for myself that I actually get to think about other things. And that's what you see on my face. That's what people feel. That undercurrent of just thinking about a major decision is now gone because the decision has been made. So I think like really, you know, asking yourself how long you're going to keep yourself in that space. And I tortured myself with it for far longer than I would recommend anyone to actually do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, I love that. Well, thank you so much for um, letting me do a podcast takeover today. Thank you. It was fun. It was exciting to talk to you in this format. And Yay. I will see you again soon. Thanks, Thanks for listening, guys. And by the way, since I'm her podcast manager, if you could just rate and review this podcast, it'd be really great. <laughs> yes. Thank you, everyone. Katrina is my podcast manager. She is awesome. She helps me with all the things. She's responsible for the graphics and the quotes and basically everything that looks cool, Katrina does. So thank you so much for being here. And also, you know, to everyone who's listening, I hope that you do have people who can help walk you through this process. Katrina has been somebody who's been here with me week after week with the ups and downs of, you know, really moving through and shifting and getting to a space where I could um, transition into new things. So um, thank you, Katrina, for all that you do for me. Thank you for being here. And again, thank you to everyone who's just been here supporting me um, for a really long time. I appreciate you. Mm, I just love you. I love you too.